Weekly is brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix, T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network, by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, the ASU fans home away from home, Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas, voted Best of Las Vegas two years in a row, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning tequila since 2011, whole beers and cheeseburgers, 12 Valley locations serving the finest in craft beers and handcrafted burgers, Behind the Mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994, OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be joining us live on the Podbean app, uh, we are College Hockey Southwest Weekly, our annual, annual, our weekly show at 730, uh, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, soon to be 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time across the board. Uh, Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight as always, and my co-host on beautiful Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein is with us. Paul, how are you? When it's 6.30 Pacific Time. <laughs> What time else could it possibly be mountain time? <laughs> I, I, I knew it, that is, was coming. As soon as it came out of my is mouth, this, I is knew this it was coming. Is, 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 is this northeast Canada where there's like a half hour difference in the time zone to Prince Edward Island? I know of li- uh, 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 Newfoundland. Uh, uh, they have it the Atlantic time zone. Uh, what, what are we? What? Here's the deal. Sunday morning, <laughs> time is going to change for everybody except us. And then we will be on 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And when it tries to when change When is it again, not 7.30 Mountain Time? Okay. When it time, <laughs> Well, right now, I should be in Mountain Time. And on Sunday, I will be in Mountain Time. Right now, I am on some crazy Pacific Time. <laughs> so, I mean, this whole thing is just... Uh, uh, it's just confusing because yeah. I'm trying to explain to people that it, right now, right here, it's 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. I'm not going anywhere next week, but when no, we're no. on next week, Paul, it'll be 7.30 mountain time here, not it'll 6.30 It'll still be 6.30 Pacific. Pacific time. Sure it will be. Well, it'll not, still be not 6.30 Pacific time. I know, but not where I'm sitting. I'm not going to well, move to well, the Pacific well, time zone. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> Anyway, this is college so you hockey stuff most quickly. You this confuse is, yourself. <laughs> I confuse myself because my my clock tells me what time it is where I'm sitting. Okay, when that doesn't change with the rest of the world, it, it okay. Enough of that. Uh, let's move on. We're talking college hockey. Uh, we're talking NCAA college hockey. Things are beginning to ramp up. I was on the uh, a text message today back and forth with uh, Dave Toller the uh, media relations guy at, Air, at uh, Air Force. He gave me a little update on uh, not only has their schedule come out, as we posted last week, but also um, they will have media allowed in their building. They're uh, redoing some work in their press box, so they're not sure how much media they can get in. 
but they are trying their best to, to do that. And uh, we'll be there probably once a month uh, starting uh, December. So it's good. Or maybe, yeah, December, I guess, is the first time what we would be there. But so that's exciting news that they're planning on moving forward with it. Uh, the Big Ten is still, so. still yet to give us any indication or ASU has given us any indication of their schedule. But hopefully that's coming soon because um, Coach told us they're going to play on November 20th. He did. And so far, really, only the two service academies have released their schedule. Yeah. What does that tell you? Uh, I don't know. Business. Government business. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know I, either. I, I, don't, I don't know what it tells you. Honestly, what, what does it tell you? Because if you, if you know, I have let no me idea. know. Because no, I, have I have no idea either. I have no idea. Tonight, we've got another great guest. And we talked uh, earlier this uh, season uh, about the connection between Dubuque and Tempe. Tonight, it's right. Texas to Tempe, the connection for Arizona State Sun Devil Hockey. We're bringing on a guest who I think is about as informed in Texas hockey as you can get. Tanner Wilson's going to join us here shortly from uh, the Texas Sports Review in Dallas, Texas, I believe is where he's located or very close to Dallas. And he has a full list of uh, – Paul, I sent it to you today, so I know you Not know about it, but – all the guys that are either in uh, Division One hockey right now from the state of Texas or uh, are committed to play Division One hockey down the road from the state of Texas. And uh, there's a few Sun Devils that uh, have made their way onto that list. So that will be a lot of fun. Uh, speaking, of sun, speaking of future Sun Devils, in Dubuque, Iowa this last weekend, there was a hockey game played where we had two Sun Devil prospects playing on the same line together. Your thoughts on that? Um, well, I don't know if, if if things like that are a coincidence or not. I I, I listen. I, I it's always great to see the pitchfork uh, in those lineup cards next to players' names. Um, and Alexander is a player I've kind of tried to watch for the last couple of years. Uh, he's played on a couple of Canadian select teams in, in international competitions. And anytime you can be good enough to get a team Canada sweater just by sheer numbers, that's saying something about your ability to play the game. And so that got me very, gets me very excited uh, we know that Riley Stewart is the other guy you're talking about, uh, and obviously the local connection. And it'll be interesting to see whether or not, because with the pandemic, nobody knows. Yeah, uh, whether or not correct. he'll get a chance to play with Connor. Yeah, absolutely. One um, um, one thing, though, Paul, and I'll jump into this and let you finish your statement there. But uh, the one thing we're all going to be confused about. You think the time zone confuses me? Wait until you get. Ryan Alexander, Ryan O'Reilly, and Ryan Robinson all playing at the same time uh, for the Arizona State Sun Devils, which could happen a couple of years down the road. Uh, Why, are you doing play-by-play? It, it, it's going to be the Ryan man. <laughs> no, no, but are, are we're, still gonna have to, play? we're still going to have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but we have time to look. It's not like uh, <laughs> the, the, whoever the I know, but, kid is doing the uh, game is going to have to. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let's let's – Unfortunately, we mostly use last names, but 
you know, if when they do use a first name, you're going to have to make sure they uh, extrapolate. No, but using but, the last name. But let's be honest. You and I have been confused the last couple of weeks about Robinson O'Reilly and Alexander and where they're playing and what they're doing and who's going who where and who's going what. Two of them uh, will be discussed tonight by our guest uh, Tanner Wilson because he knows them pretty well. Um, a lot of stuff that he's got to, to throw at us. So I'm looking forward to that before we uh, get prepared. Of course, Sunday night becomes our first uh, college hockey Southwest live. I know folks before you start giving me hate meal, I know the games aren't being played yet, but we wanted to build up and wanted to work the bugs out over the first three weeks until we actually have some games to cover. But I promise you things will get better and better by the time the games actually start playing and we want you to tune in every Sunday night at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time and uh, and hear what Paul and I have to say about the four schools we cover, Arizona we call, State, Denver University, Colorado College, and Air Force. We call that 9.30 Eastern Time. Okay, 9.30 Eastern Time, <laughs> folks. <laughs> I can call um, it that, too. <laughs> you could. I don't care if you call it Pacific Time. I, I've just, no. I just need oh, to make sure shush, you understand. Shush. Pacific time is gone. We are mountain time starting this week. For all, from now on, we're not going to ever change again. We're always going to be 7.30 mountain time, and we are going to own this time slot, folks, because we are ITHSW Podcast Live College and Professional Podcast. Yeah, so okay. I, I'm just saying you brought it up. I mean, you know, <laughs> O'Reilly will be a little different because he's actually playing this year. He's, right. he's on the road. He's on the ASU roster, so it'll be a little different. Um, you know, by then you'll have had a chance to have seen him on the ice and get familiar. Uh, you, you'll have had a couple of years to see whatever number he's wearing. I, don't, I know they announced it, but I don't pay attention to that yet. <laughs> I want to see. Uh, I, I want to see a game sheet, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I want to see a game sheet. I want to see. I want to see him wearing the jersey. Um, uh, that's okay. a, another story that we got to get to. And, um, the polls came out, the first poll came out this week. So that gives us some more fodder to talk about. Oh, and by the way, I want to thank John Loughner for, uh, putting out those pictures of the next set of jerseys and helmets, etc. on a Tuesday. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate that. Uh, I usually expect this stuff to come out on Wednesday mornings after we're done. But thank you very much for putting it out on a Tuesday. And for those that haven't seen it, uh, they came out with the next set of ASU uniforms. And this one has the Sunburst logo uh, from the mid-70s and late-60s football uniforms. <laughs> uh, they yeah are paying tribute to the 1975 Fiesta Bowl team that went 12-0, and 0, Zach. <laughs> and, and you're going to start finished. seeing that logo next to, instead of the pitchfork, on all the college things that you see out there and junior things, no. it'll be that. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. No, no, okay. no, no, no but okay. it's just, okay. it's the point. Stop. Stop. We've got a guest that's ready to talk hockey with us from Dallas, Texas. It's our pleasure to bring on the uh, the guy from the Texas Sports Review, the, the hockey-knowledgeable Tanner Wilson is with us. Uh, Tanner will be joining us by the phone, so uh, Paul will relay some questions to me, and we'll uh, go from there. But Tanner, welcome in. You got Scott and Paul with you. How are you tonight? I'm doing good. A uh, pretty cold and, and rainy evening here in Dallas. 
Okay, so so here's the deal. Um, you and I have been chatting back and forth uh, text messaging, and and I know you've heard the podcast before, and you know what we do. But um, this summer, uh, Tanner, I talked about Dubuque to Tempe and that connection from the USHL to the Arizona State Sun Devils. Um, I wanted to have you on because there's a new connection building. It's uh, Texas to Tempe and Sun Devil hockey. Um, you've seen that too, haven't you? Yeah, that was a yeah. When the USHL Futures Draft came around back in May, the I was I knew that Dubuque had interested in a couple of our guys, but the fact they drew three really really shocked a lot of people, including think people like Eric Silverman, the head coach of the Dallas Stars Elite U Sixteens, who coached Paxton Giselle, Colby Wolgak, and Chase Lapenta, who ended up drafting all three of them in the futures draft, and all three in the first four rounds, I should mention. So all three of them appear to potentially have really strong immediate futures for Dubuque and and at least for one of them with Chase Lapenta, who committed to Arizona State earlier this summer, I mean earlier this season, and that that Lapenta is looking to go there starting in 2023, and even though Wolgak hasn't committed, he has ex- they have expressed interest in Wolgak as well, so it's, it may still be a little while before Wolgak makes a decision on his NCAA commitment, but but it could, but it could be there could be a possibility that Lapenta may be trying to influence Wolgak to possibly play with them eventually. Uh, that is always a possibility when you hear uh, you know teammates that hear good things. Uh, we we had Wade Murphy on our professional show last night, uh, former Sun Devil who was at North Dakota and then transferred to ASU, and and we talked a little bit about that. I want to ask you this right off the get go: what? What the, the or what's the vibe of Arizona State NCAA hockey in Texas and the Dallas surrounding area? What's the talk? I think a lot of people, even within the hockey community, when you tell them that Arizona State has an NCAA team, I think many are surprised off the bat that it even exists, and even more surprised on how successful they have been. I talked to another guy I'm interested in. I'm currently getting another looking to get another website launch soon, which is more regional-based than just Texas-based right now, but he still thought that Arizona State was still a club team, and I had to send them a text with the, <laughs> with the team website to let them know that they made their debut at the D1 level in 2015, and have been one of the faster-rising programs in all of NCAA Division I. Well, let, let me tell you, from, from being in Arizona for 30 years, uh, and just doing this for the last six, uh, I am amazed every day when I, I meet people that don't know that Arizona State has a NCAA program right here in the Phoenix metro area. So uh, I get that. Um, my co-host out on Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein, has a question for you. I'm going to read it to you and let you respond. Uh, we spoke to – we talked to uh, – I can't uh, – Tyler, I don't remember her name, with the El Paso Rhinos uh, at the junior level. Uh, I'm sorry, Paul? Deloach. Deloach. Tyler Deloach, yes, uh, uh, with the El Paso Rhinos and the junior level there. And uh, she gave us an overview of the youth scene in Texas. What, what's your thought of the uh, overview of Texas and the youth levels? It's, it's continuing to grow. 
grow fast. And even though most of the talent is still in and near the Dallas area, we're slowly starting to see more players beginning to emerge elsewhere. And if you remember that list I sent you of the D1 players from Texas and the state, if there's another player, you might have noticed a player from Oklahoma, Matt Allen, who's going to be playing for UMass Lowell, and beyond the two fresh, the incoming freshmen that we have, including Arizona State forward Ryan O'Reilly, that Matt Allen, I think, among the other freshmen, I think there's a chance that he could have a big year right out of the gate at UMass Lowell. He was a top 10 scorer in the North American Hockey League this past year. He led the NHL Top Prospects Tournament in goal scoring with five and was named to the league's all-second team. So I bet, So it's a great example of showing that we that out, players outside of Dallas can play, that can play. And we're seeing more and more of them coming up here and also playing elsewhere. I mean, if you look at our U14 team, for example, this year, we have a player from Austin. We have a player from Odessa. We have a we have a player from we have players from both Austin and Odessa, for example, on our U14 team, for example. So it's just showing that slowly but surely that we can develop players outside of Texas. I don't think it'll be long before you start seeing more of them at the junior and NCAA level, and hopefully down the road, we could see one or two of them maybe get some NHL interest eventually. Yeah, that's really exciting. When we look uh, uh, in this area, Tanner, we see such a, a growth, in especially the women's side. I mean, the women's team here has been uh, kind of taken under the wing by the NHL and the Coyotes, and uh, they've gotten an influx of money to, to build that program. They now have their own rink, which was a remodeled rink, which would be only – well, primarily for the uh, Arizona Kachinas. And I know we send a lot of teams to Dallas to play youth tournaments and games like that. But uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you before we get too deep into uh, the players we're going to talk about is um, I was supposed to be in Dallas or just outside of Dallas for the ACHA National Tournament. And I was looking yeah, forward I was to... Expecting, <laughs> I was expected to be there too, actually. Uh, I was so I was looking forward to, to seeing those facilities because I've heard so many good things about it and uh, totally disappointed I wasn't able to be there. But tell us a little bit about that explosion of rinks uh, that the Dallas Stars have created, basically, right? Yes. If you look them up, they're called the Children's Health Star Centers. They were recently renamed from the Dr. Pepper Star Centers a couple of years ago. And we're currently up to, I believe it's seven main facilities in a and the head in the Dallas Stars headquarters are based in Frisco. It's got a re, it's part of a really nice facility that's called called the it's oh I forget the arena but it's called but it's like their main multiverse arena that they can play hockey games on. They have the Dallas Mavericks G League affiliate. The Texas Legends are based out of there, and they'll have concerts and stuff occasionally. They'll have other events like concerts and MMA fights there on occasion as well. So. It's shown that it can be that that Frisco facility a lot more can be a lot more than just hockey, and and on the girls' side you mentioned there are a couple of up and coming girls players coming out of here, including a couple named Hannah Belka and Allison Simpson. They're at the USA Women's Evaluation National Team, 
Evaluation National Camp this week. Wow, that's uh, that's good news for women's hockey. And I know the uh, the Kachinas are playing in a league uh, based out of uh, Denver, I think, or somewhere in Colorado where they uh, get a chance to uh, play some decent competition and are holding their own at least at uh, a couple different levels. So uh, it's growing. There's no doubt about that. The excitement's there. Now let me ask you this. Uh, the pandemic hit us all in March, and we just talked about not being able to have the ACHA tournament. How are things in Dallas now, and, and how much uh, did that hurt the growth, or did it hurt the growth? Kind of affecting it a little bit for sure, especially when it comes down to new players. But many of the current players are remaining, are back, and are committed to playing this year. And one of the other big, and one of the other big, and you mentioned the ACHA Nationals. It was supposed to be a really busy spring here because we were also supposed to host the high school club nationals, which were supposed to be taking place right around the same time as the ACHA Nationals, and we were also set to host the USA Hockey Rocky Mountain District Player Development Camp, which brings in a ton of talent from the USA Hockey Rocky Mountain District from states as far south as Texas to as far north as Idaho, and brings in a ton of junior and NCAA teams to scout, and you may see the occasional NHL scout there too. So so it was supposed to be a really busy spring that got that got wiped out around here. Well, one thing that didn't get wiped out completely was uh, the run of the Dallas Stars. I know you guys would have loved to have uh, been in the Stanley Cup final and, and taking the uh, Stanley Cup home to Dallas, but uh, that was real exciting. I mean, we, we all watched it because obviously there was no hockey except that, but and we were all glued to our TVs. But uh, tell us a little bit about the Dallas Stars, and then I promise we'll jump into some NCAA talk. I think it was just a lot of the Stars fans, and just a lot of the sports fans in general, were looking for something exciting. And early on during the playoff run, it did not look good during the during the early round robin and going into our first round series against Calgary. A lot of people thought that they were going to get smashed. They had trouble. They had problems scoring. We had a couple of of injuries that we found out recently since was has been much has been much more than we could have ever expected. And there's a bunch of players healing right now. But it's just, after being in Calgary and then knocking out Colorado, it was in that Colorado, it was in that second round series in Colorado in the later stages. I think you could see that there was a, a sense of hope and excitement that they could have done something special Then when they knocked out Colorado and then and defeated Vegas in the Western Final, a lot of people were starting to go crazy about it. And I remember I was with my dad on Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final against Tampa at an area sports bar, and it was rocking. I mean, it was rocking big time. So so once, the, so once they really got going, it, it really, they really started to get some excitement around here. Yeah, it was exciting for hockey because uh... – you know, first of all, it's nice to have it back, and, and we've shouted out several times to the NHL about how how good of job they did uh, with the uh, handling the COVID within the bubble. So that's exciting. That's another whole another avenue we could go down and spend another day on if you want. <laughs> but but right now, let's get let's get back to to Arizona State hockey. Let's start with Ryan O'Reilly. Tell us about him. Tell us what you know. 
Well, Ryan O'Reilly, he is a mixed-use forward who is very, who's a great passer and has been getting better with his shooting abilities as well. Great playmaker, and I'm sure as his college career goes on at Arizona State, he is going to be a very crafty player. And he kind of reminds me of a player, or of, a, of another local player, in someone like, maybe like an offensive version of a Seth Jones, really, where he can deliver the hits. He's been getting better with his hitting as well, and and he's been getting better with his passing. So, And Seth Jones can do a lot, a lot of that and defend as well. So kind of reminds me of like an offensive version of Seth Jones, which maybe not quite to the talent level of Seth Jones, but I think a lot of the tools are there. Yeah, I hear you. And, you know, uh, the Sun Devils lost a few players. They lost Josh Maniscalco, uh, a very solid defenseman. They actually lost their top uh, defensive pairing when Josh Maniscalco signed his professional contract uh, earlier this year with uh, Pittsburgh. And then, of course, Brinson Pashnuk, his partner and the captain from last year, uh, signed a contract to uh, join the Anaheim, I'm sorry, the San Jose Sharks organization. So um, there's some room um, coming in. Uh, and, and I just got a quick message from Paul. He said he takes 70% of Seth Jones. So if, if uh, O'Reilly is that good, we love him already. Uh, but anyway, uh, when you look at the depth chart at Arizona State, uh, offensively, defensively, goaltending, I have a hard time finding a weak spot. Uh, I'm sure you've heard by now the, uh, the fact that they've adopted or been adopted by uh, the uh, Big, Ten, Big Ten Yeah, to play their games this year. Um, so that being said, um, what do you expect out of Arizona State from afar? I think, I think they're going to give the Big Ten teams a run for their money, for sure. And I would expect at the very least they should be a mid-table team, a mid-stand, a mid-table team, and maybe try to fight for a spot in the top two, top three at bare minimum. Um, and I think, and I think they're going to go. And I think they're going to show, and this is their big opportunity to show that college hockey can work in the South because they haven't had a chance to be in a regular conference yet. So, so hopefully this could be a big opportunity for them. And I think they want to send a message to the National Collegiate Hockey Conference. If I think long-term, that's going to be their long-term home with teams like North Dakota, Minnesota, Duluth, Denver, teams like that. So, to show that they are ready to make the step up. Yeah, I totally agree. I think right now the reason uh, that we got from Coach Powers a couple weeks ago for their uh, accepting the uh, 28-game road schedule, if you will, to the Big Ten was a lot to do with the fact that uh, their kids are online. They can go up there and make it relatively easy. It's going to be seven trips instead of 14 because they'll play four games every time they go out on the road. And then finally, I think one of the big hitches to it was is that, well, two things. Number one, they can get possibly on the Big Ten Network and get some exposure. And then also by playing Notre Dame, they can get on uh, NBC Sports maybe once or twice, which would be huge as well. And then finally, uh, Coach said it was great because part of the agreement is that all of the Big Ten teams have to reciprocate and come back and play at Arizona State sometime in the future. So, that makes sense, but I agree with you. NCHC seems to be the place for them. 
Um, that's a big part of the reason why we added Colorado teams, Denver, Colorado College, and then Air Force was a natural because of their location. So uh, we think that's where they're headed. They need their arena first. We know that's supposed to happen um, next month, so at least groundbreaking. So we're excited about that. Um, who else do you want to talk about that's an Arizona State commit coming down the road? We got three others right now. I mentioned Chase LaPenta a little bit. He's with the Dallas Stars Elite U16, so I'm going to be getting a chance to see him a lot more this season than the others. For LaPenta, he is definitely, he is very quick on his, he's very quick with his feet, very quick with his skate. He would have been part of the U.S. NTDP evaluation camp if it didn't get canceled. So I think they're showing so I think he's showing that that he might have been able. I don't know. I don't think he would have beat it, but I think he would have been able to really send a message to USHL and NCAA teams. And I think if he can make the USHL soon, I could see him maybe getting a chance to be noticed for the 2022 NHL draft when he becomes eligible. So, so among the other three, I think he's the most excited to follow right now. It's crazy, isn't it, with the NCAA hockey, how they're able to make that verbal commitment uh, so early at such a young age? He's not even committed until 2023, so <laughs> right. it's going to be a few years before he makes the, the trip out there. And, and time does fly, though, because uh, Josh Doan, uh, two years ago, uh, gave the same type of verbal commitment. Now he's at uh, the USHL at the Chicago Steel, and when we all heard that, we said, oh, there's a Doan going to be playing at ASU, and then we realized, oh, it's four years from now. <laughs> so so we're, we're all waiting on that part of it. Uh, tell us who you want to talk about next and what, what they can do when they become Sun Devils. The other big player I want to mention more about is Colby Wolgak. I briefly mentioned him earlier, but but he is a physical dynamo. He can He's one of the best hitters, not only on the Stars Elite U16 team, but maybe in the entire Stars Elite program right now. Like Lapenta, he was also taken by a Dubuque in the USHL draft and was an NTDP evaluation camp invite. And in addition to Arizona State, the main interest I've at least last time I talked to him, that the main interest he was coming was the NCAA interest that he was coming from was from both Minnesota Duluth and Denver. And they've had some big a couple of big events recently. So there's a chance that that either has grown or maybe changed since then. I'll be looking to talk to him about this more soon. But he's but the NCAA interest is starting to flow in big time for him. And like LaPenta, I think Wolgak, if he can continue to improve his game, I think there's a chance his name could be called for the 2022 NHL draft. So that That's very exciting, so, especially if he's a uh, Sun Devil. <laughs> so I would say he's probably the next big player, area player to watch when it comes down to potential commitments, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we got a, a guy that's a, another longtime commit uh, in Ryan Robinson, correct? That uh, that's made a move. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, this was an interesting move. We were waiting to see if he was going to be going back to Des Moines or going to Wichita Falls because he was a first-round pick of the North American Hockey League supplemental draft back in May. And there was a lot of talk, would he go to Des Moines or go to Wichita Falls? He wanted to make sure, take, he took his sweet time to try to make sure which decision would be made in 
And because I think because of so many players coming back for Des Moines, there wouldn't be much room for him anywhere. So he decided to take to bring to come to Wichita Falls where he'll be playing this year before making the trip to ASU next year. And he's been off to a good start with them as part of the expansion Wichita Falls Warriors organization. He had a po- he had a point in their season opener over the weekend against Odessa. But in I gotta say, I think taking a look there's a the head coach for Wichita Falls, Garrett Roth, I think he's gonna do a really good job with that organization. He's been he's he's worked with Northern Michigan before. He's attended a couple of big camps down here, so he's starting to get somewhat familiar with with the state of Texas, and hopefully, we'll see more players playing for the Warriors down the road. Yeah, and I guess it, Paul and I both kind of scratched our head on that because we were wondering. I'm sure that decision was not made alone. I'm sure there was some input. Uh, from Coach Powers and the staff at ASU as to where they thought he would develop best and prepare him for for uh, NCAA hockey. But do you know anything about that? Was he uh, was he chatting with them, or would you assume that was just uh, would automatically happen when you're a commit? I, I would think that here was some other people involved helping to make that decision. And I think he also mentioned that there's a lot of returnees for Des Moines this season, so it might have might have either squeezed him out or maybe be on the bubble at best. So I think this might be the right move for him. Absolutely. Now, my, my co-host has also asked me to ask you about a guy named Johnson. And uh, he said that's a name he wasn't familiar with. And, um, you know, even looking at recruit lists, he wasn't uh, on the college hockey news list at all. Uh, what do you know about him? I talked to him, and he is – you know, I've seen – his Twitter account, it still says that he is an ASU commit, and as far as I know, he is still committed to ASU. He's a he's a two-way forward, pretty reliable on defense, and when he was with the Stars Elites, he was one, among the forwards. He was one of the better penalty killers, so he could give you so he could give you a decent weapon among the forwards to go out to kill penalties for you. So he's very smart defensively. In addition to being a forward, he's he's a, he was another long-term commit, and I think he committed back in I want to say early 2019, either late 2018 or early 2019. I would have to look at the date, but I know it's been a while since he committed. He's going to be at Sioux Falls this year in the USHL. Yeah, and we know uh, one of the things with COVID is it's kind of left the scheduling uh, crazy, but the USHL and, and a lot of it's got to do with their tie-in with the NHL as far as uh, being able, able to have some revenue for uh, protocol and things like that for testing. But, uh, you know, having the, the USHL um, doing their thing and NCAA now starting to formulate their game plan, uh, it sounds like things are getting back to, to normal. Uh, what's the talk in the NHL? Because there's some teams down by you that uh, are playing. For the North American Hockey League, each division's kind of been having a staggered start. The South Division just started over the weekend, and with the East Division was the first ones to start. They've already most of their teams have already played about five or six games already. The Midwest is the last one that hasn't started yet. There's an interesting situation with the two Alaska teams, Fairbanks and Kenai River who appear both to be playing in Minnesota this season. Because I saw an interview 
with the Fairbanks head coach, and he mentioned that if they were going to try to stay in Fairbanks, they probably wouldn't be able to play this season. So they were able to find you know, a venue in Minnesota that would take them in for this season. So, Well, that's going to help travel costs for everybody, I would guess, them included. Maybe uh, maybe the cost of uh, lodging is going to be a little diff- difficult, but uh, that sounds like a very interesting plan. I had not heard that, but now I need to do some looking too. But Okay, so I, I want to get just a, a rundown from you on expansion of NCAA hockey. What do you think realistically we can expect in the next five to ten years as far as west of the Mississippi? Do you think there's going to be some more teams jumping in? And if so, who would they be? Oh, right now there's nothing immediately on the horizon, but I would be curious to see what – Texas and Texas A&M would think long-term. If you go back in January during the Winter Classic, the Texas and Texas A&M club hockey teams that compete in the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference, they brought in an outdoor game a couple days after the Stars-Predators game that brought in nearly 5,000 fans. So I'm hoping that this could maybe send a message to schools and teams in Texas to show that college, that NCAA hockey could be a possibility one day. So, so I would, so right now I would say Texas and Texas A&M would probably be the main ones to watch, but a few others like the universe, the, the Dallas area schools, Dallas Baptist usually has a very good team in the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference and just up north in the Red River in Oklahoma in the Western Collegiate Hockey League. The University of Oklahoma and Central Oklahoma have both have had teams reach the national tournament before, including the University of Oklahoma reaching a couple of semifinals in recent, national semifinals in recent years. And Central Oklahoma has also had a couple of national semifinal runs in their past. So there's definitely some potential for teams down the road. I don't think there's anything immediately on the future. Even though the University of Texas is currently building a new basketball arena that is set to replace the Irwin Center in the next few years. Ah, That's very interesting. Uh, You know, being out here, what we hear an awful lot is, why not UNLV in Las Vegas? Why why not them? Um, And Coach Powers has laid a, a roadmap, I think, for everybody at least um, in the southwest, west of Dallas, uh, that have asked, uh, how, how do you get to the NCAA level? And that really is a three-part uh, answer from him. Uh, he'll tell you, first, you need the university support, which means an athletic director that's supportive. He'll tell you that you need money. Obviously, you need a booster somewhere. A lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. But the one that gets a lot of people that I don't think they fully uh, grasp is that he always says, uh, you need to win at the level you're at. And that means you need to go to national tournaments. You need to get to the semifinal. You need to you know, compete or win an ACHA D1 national tournament, which he calls the hardest tournament in hockey. Uh, he's won it. Uh, that's where what he had to do to get the donor's attention uh, here. So it's, uh, it's a lot of things like that. But uh, I would guess investors probably aren't the problem in Texas. One, the Texas Collegiate Hockey Conference, which is the main conference here, is only a Division Two, so it's still a level below. It's still a level below Division One, and the conference has only been around since 2016, so it really hasn't had 
just a lot of time to see it help grow. Now, occasionally you will see some decent crowds at the at some of the games, especially with the Dallas area teams, but it's still it's still kind of inconsistent. You'll see some decent teams, and then you'll see some really bad teams. Like I heard of a game last year <laughs> involving the University of North Texas. They're a team in Denton based in Denton. They're north of Dallas. They ended up giving up a they had a game last year. They gave up something like twenty five goals <laughs> in a single game. So there's still some work to do. So when you still have games like that, there's still definitely some work to do. You know, and we also and I think I just lost him. Um, I think his phone just got disconnected with Tanner uh, Wilson. So we'll, we'll see if we can get him to call back in on it. Uh, but folks, this is live. So uh, when that stuff happens, there's not much we can do about it. I think he's back. Uh, oh, Tanner, are you there? My, my ear accidentally <laughs> cracked, cracked yeah, no, in or something. No problem. I was just explaining Sorry to our – I was explaining to our listeners that when you do something live, you just never know what happens. But we love doing yeah. it live. Uh, we, we just think that's so much fun. And occasionally we'll uh, bring callers in. And, and uh, you know, uh, Paul, Paul brought up an interesting question that he kind of answered, I think. But he says, couldn't a couple of schools start if they really wanted to uh, because they have the money, they just have to have the want to? Is that, uh, is that something you would say or not really? So that could probably be Texas, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. They're probably they probably have the most famous of among the teams that have college club teams. They're definitely the most high high profile schools. So I think if the opportunity were to come up, I think it would be one of those three that would be the first to do it. I hear you, and you know, out here we had uh, maybe three months ago. Now we had uh, UCLA um, group, the president. Uh, uh, and a couple of players on with us, and we talked about that. And you mentioned that same thing, that when you're playing at the D2 level, you still got a level to go in club hockey yet. And that's the problem in California right now. I mean, UCLA, USC, there's a lot of uh, schools that you would think would have the support to do it. But um, the fact is you got to get up a level, right? you gotta, you got to be more competitive. Yes, and as of right now, it doesn't look like I think there's really any immediate plans for any of the Texas teams to make the move up to the ACHA Division One. Earlier this year, I want to say it was back in like January or February, there was a really interesting article that came, I believe it was in the Texas A&M student newspaper, talking to the Texas A&M, talking to a couple of the players from the Texas A&M club team about their ambitions to move up the ranks to the ACHA D1 and hopefully one day the NCAA ranks. So I'll look, to for, I'll look for it and I'll send you the article. I'll look to send you the article, but at least Texas A&M, at least in that organization in particular, it sounds like they're showing a lot of ambition. Yeah, and that's always good. Uh, my co-host also, uh, and we'll kind of we'll kind of wind things down for you here. We appreciate your time as always. Uh, uh, Oklahoma City has a really long hockey history that a lot of people don't know about, don't they? They have a surprising hockey history. They had the Oklahoma City Blazers in the old Central Hockey League for the 90s and most of the 2000s. The team folded about a decade ago, but now they have a junior team, the 
the Blazers are being brought back as a junior team in the NA3HL, the Oklahoma City Junior Blazers. And one of the impressive things about this is that with their staff especially, there's a number of Oklahoma natives on the coaching staff, players like Josh Burge and Tanner Cardi, and the only perf- and the only player from Oklahoma to ever make the NHL, Matt Donovan's been hired as a consultant to try to help them grow, to try to help grow that program. So it feels so there is some hometown support there, and ho- and they've been off to a good start in the season in the NA3HL. So they're challenged, yeah, basically back and forth with the Atlanta Capitals for the South Division League since the season started a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that's uh, that's very interesting. And, um, you know, before I let you go, I, I will tell you, when we talked to uh, some of the uh, the uh, uh, people in the Midwest, and we had uh, a guest on from the Midwest, and we asked him about the pandemic, and he said, you know, there was so much talk about the pandemic causing college hockey NCAA teams to, to fold up shop because it was just not going to happen without the revenue. Uh, instead, we saw LIU come on board as a, as a new program. We saw Huntsville go away and then come back. Uh, we lost an Alaska school, at least last I heard. I know they're fighting to try to get, get back in there as well, but it, it didn't really disappear. And I guess as a, as a hockey enthusiast, you're going to feel like we do is that uh, the sport's still growing right through the pandemic. Yeah, I think it's still going strong. There's been some hiccups and bumps. So the way, for example, the Alaska teams and the Alabama Huntsville, but I think it's showing that NCAA hockey is getting much stronger and getting much more interest across the country. And that as it continues to grow, hopefully we can start seeing more teams in, especially in the South and Western parts of the country. I mean, why not a University of Texas? Why not a Texas A&M? or a University of Oklahoma, and imagine what you could see if, say, like a University of Texas had a chance to get a player, I'll mention an example like David Cotton or Max Gilden, who both were playing in the Northeast this past year and recently signed NHL ELCs. Imagine if you could, if a team like a Texas or a Texas A&M could get a player or two like that, that especially one that you think could have a could be a legit NHL prospect down the road it could do wonders for the sport right there yeah absolutely and uh, Matt Donovan struck a chord with my co-host out on Long Island because he immediately texted me Denver U and Islanders Matt Donovan (laughs) so so kudos for that for bringing that up but Tanner uh, I appreciate your time I appreciate your insight that's so much good stuff and and we're pretty concerned that the the Texas to Tempe for Sun Devil Hockey is going to be a, a pretty strong connection here very, very soon. It's already started. We think it'll just get bigger. It could be a Dallas. It could become a Dallas, <laughs> a little mini Dallas hub in the next few years. And hopefully, if someone like Colby Wolgak were to come in, hopefully that would only continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate your time. Like I said, uh, I'm going to let you go by giving you a uh, little shout out to your organization, the uh, Texas Sports Review. Tell everybody what you do and how they can find you if they want to find out more about that. Mostly like a text. Mostly it's like a Texas sports website, just talking anything and everything Texas sports. In addition to the, I'm currently in this pandemic has caused some disruptions for me. I'm working on trying to get a new like southern regional website that would allow me to start 
going beyond just Texas, start looking at a lot more at states like Texas, Louisiana, New Mexico, especially, and maybe hopefully add more parts of the South if the opportunity were to come up, but also do be able to go a lot deeper into things like our region scouting and recruiting, being able to showcase our big events a lot more, like, like for example, like the ACHA and USA Hockey High School Nationals, as and hopefully down the road we'll be able to get the USA Hockey Rocky Mountain District Player Development Camp, but I'm looking to, at the moment, call the website the Sunbelt Hockey Journal. That's kind of the name I think I've come up nice. with. I like it. Okay, well, I appreciate your time. Like I said, thanks for jumping on with us. I know you're very, very busy like the rest of us, so anytime we can get you on, uh, we certainly appreciate it. Um, have a great evening, and stay safe, of course, first and foremost, and we look forward to running into you somewhere down the road. Don't be a stranger. Feel feel a, an opportunity to call in. You're welcome. Yeah, I got your phone number. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Hopefully there'll be a lot more games going on, too. <laughs> we hope so, and we're going to definitely plug you when we need some more information from uh, the Texas players here at Arizona State. So Tanner Wilson, the Texas Sports Review, the hockey guru, I call him, from Texas. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time. Have a great night. All right. Thank you. All right, Paul, you had a chance to hear uh, Tanner Wilson uh, let's take a quick break and uh, come back and get your thoughts on uh, just how much um, that. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest. And they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson band? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. 
offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit ease. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena, stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day, College Bar and Grill. All right, we're back. Uh, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, Scott Strandy from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, who uh, unfortunately, when we have to do these, is, is left silent for, for a long period of time. So, Paul, I know you got a lot to say. Tell us your thoughts on uh, Tanner Wilson and his uh, insight into Texas hockey. Well, listen, we know that when, when I'm not saying anything, that probably makes more people listen because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that wish that I would stay <laughs> I doubt silent. That. I doubt that. I doubt that. But go on. Uh, well, you know, listen, um, Texas hockey, you know, the stars what got there, and and I, I know this this hurts you, but, um, you know, when they, when they got there in the mid-'90s from – that other place. That yeah, those mentioned. are real tears streaming down my cheeks right now. Yeah, I know, I know, uh, especially when they won a cup. Um, you know, it 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 took that cup a to get them established uh, in, in the town, and 
and and they have made you, you can see that they have made the investments you can see uh, i guess the golden knights are kind of using their blueprint a little bit uh, in terms of building rinks and 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 fostering the youth programs and and you know the coyotes have done some of that too i mean let's face it um you know there's they have Seth Jones is a defenseman, so he doesn't score as much, so he doesn't get the profile of Austin Matthews, who is a number was a number one pick and grew up played most of his hockey in Arizona. Uh, Seth Jones, you know, was from was, was born in Texas, but he moved around a lot because his father played professional basketball. Um, so they haven't really had that that Texas version of Austin Matthews yet. Okay. But it, it's going to come. It'll happen eventually. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Okay. Uh, and the more people that play and, 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 and it's building and then I get a chance to, to, to ask the question uh, of, of, of Tanner, because I know, like I said, when I, when we spoke to Tyler a few, uh, a, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, like it was my understanding that at one point the Texas high school tournament in terms of pure size was the biggest in the country. I don't know if that's still the case. Uh, okay. So there are what teams. you call big. <laughs> pure yeah, numbers, the most teams. Yeah, yeah well, that would oh, make I'm not sense talking in about Texas, in terms so, of stature. Right? That's I'm not, no, that, no. I'm not. Come on. I'm not that naive <laughs> and that unrealistic. No, but I understand. Okay. I mean, uh, the size of Texas, you'd think, you know, if uh, if they have hockey at all, it would continue to be one of the biggest just because of sheer size and numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the more kids you have playing, the more your chances are of having or finding that Austin Matthews from Texas. Uh, Blake Coleman uh, won a Stanley Cup this year with Tampa Bay Lightning. He grew up and played most of his hockey, uh, youth hockey in Texas. Um, the best player to be born in Texas uh, was Brian Leach, even though he didn't play much of his youth hockey, if at all, uh, in Texas, because I'm pretty sure his family uh, moved northward before he started playing. Uh, Tyler Myers is from Houston. You know, and he's had a pretty successful NHL career. So we haven't seen that, but we still haven't quite seen that Austin Matthews type come from Texas. And when that, I mean, you you see it, you're there. When Austin Matthews was drafted number one overall, how much of a boost was that for Arizona hockey? Yeah, it's a huge boost. It still is. I mean, he still right. has stuff to do with uh, – with the Arizona State Sun Devils, we saw him unveil the new uniform a couple of years saw ago, that. and and uh, you know, today I mean, too. he still he still comes around, yeah, right today too. So I mean, he still comes around, and uh, he's here during the uh, the off season quite a bit. His family still lives here, and right. um, you know, I think the biggest disappointment at that time was that the Coyotes were not very good; they were struggling, and they were going to get uh, a lottery pick. And man, oh man, if somehow. There had been a frozen envelope to uh, get Austin Matthews here in the desert. Who knows what that would have done for for hockey here in the desert Southwest? But yeah. um, 
that that's another uh, <laughs> another story. <laughs> that's another story down the road. But uh, I was really excited to hear a couple of things from Tanner. Number one, his excitement with uh, with the Texas players that were coming to ASU, and one that's just a commit down the road, Chase Lapinta. He really is high on him. He's told me about him many times uh, in our conversations. That he really thinks that he is going to be a player down the road. So uh, keep that name in the front of your head, just in case uh, he gets to the Sun Devils and is a, is a phenom. But, um, you know, Ryan O'Reilly is here. We, we know what he's got. Ryan Robinson is coming, uh, probably the next one from Texas to be here. So a lot of good stuff. There's also a kid that's, uh, that's committed to Denver. Uh, so that's uh, in our area. So that's, that's kind of cool. And like I said, it's just the growth of the whole thing. And, and the one thing that I was a, I knew, but I was a bit disappointed in was the, the fact that the ACHA level just are not quite there to take the jump. Um, you know, UCO, yeah. UCO is a great program, um, and Oklahoma is a pretty solid program, but that they just aren't quite there yet. I mean, UCO won a national championship about three, four years ago, right. um, but they're, they're just not ready i I think the university there is not ready or maybe it's the money i don't know but uh they certainly checked off that one box of winning at the level they were at so it's it's going to be fun to keep an eye on the growth of texas hockey i think they severely missed having the acha national tournament there again they had it one year it was supposed to be their last year and i think that really helps build um energy and excitement from all over the country because people you know teams come in from everywhere uh, so it's uh, it's one of those things that COVID kind of took a chunk out of, but yeah. excited to hear that everything's going full speed ahead. Speaking of full speed ahead, we have a new presenting partner uh, with our College Hockey Southwest Weekly Show, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, uh, now officially on board. They'll be officially on board on our company car. They'll be officially on board on the website. And they'll be officially on board on our show uh starting now so congratulations and welcome aboard roger clients you've been with us for a while thank you for the music thank you for the tequila uh i promise i'll get paul wait wait what what (laughs) i promise wait 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 wait, wait, what wait oh wait a second before i even before i i I get cranky with you about that i I just you mentioned the denver recruit from from texas paxton giselle I just wanted to throw his name out there because you mentioned it so people know yeah. the name. Um, yep. Now back to the tequila that I apparently <laughs> have but don't have. Well, see, here's the problem. I have it for you, but I can't ship it to you. So I'm going to talk to Lisa and Roger and see if there's a way that they can ship it directly somehow. Um, shipping alcohol is kind of a bad thing. <laughs> I guess, uh, then I don't really I have told. it, then, do I? <laughs> no. If you have it for me, and I <laughs> don't like, have it, and you have like, no way of getting it to me, then I don't have it, do I? <laughs> I, I have your name on the bottle, does that count? Oh, good. No! <laughs> I can't drink my name being written on the label, now can I? <laughs> oh, Oh, folks. How am I supposed to make my down togethers and I know you knows? Winter drinks, by the way. You like the way I, I slipped that? Yeah. Do you know nice. those recipes at the uh, MexicanMoonshine.com? Nice. Okay. Uh, how am I supposed to drink it if I don't have it? 
My name being on the label doesn't mean jack squat, does it? Okay, we're, we're going to figure this thing out for you. I know Elisa's going to listen to this when she downloads it, and uh, we'll figure out a way to handle it. But uh, thanks again to Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, and Roger Klein's Cancion uh, Tequila for jumping on board. Look for them on the back of our company car, which should be uh, all completed by the end of the week, we hope, or first part of next week. So when you see it, Snap it, send it. That's the motto. Take a picture of it, send it to us uh, via Twitter, and uh, see if you get a shot at a uh, prize pack because we've got some ready to give out starting Sunday. Take it away, Paul. All right. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and it has been brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood that Ice Time Hockey SW sent you and let him show you the Belford difference online at bellford.com or at the showroom at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. By the aforementioned Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, it is more than just the best margaritas. Go to mexicanmoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes like the two I mentioned before, the Down Together and the I Know You Know, as well as the City Girls or the Moon Hito. Uh, the next time you open up a bottle, of any of the Roger Klein Cancion tequilas. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, dining rooms in accordance to CDC guidelines are open in all 12 Valley locations and in California. Visit coldbeers.com for more information and takeout special. Buy T-Mobile, home of America's largest 5G network. See our friend Andre in the Paradise Valley store at Shane Tatum and let him show you how the power of the new T-Mobile can work for you. Buy Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. When you go to pick up your dinner at Jesse Ray's Barbecue tomorrow night, don't forget to bring home a bottle or three of their best of Las Vegas barbecue sauces. Buy Summer Skates. Summer may be over, but we still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. By OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. By M-Drive, the presenting partners of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. By the Ice Dens, Scottsdale and Chandler. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans for ASU fans. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila presenting partner of College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. Another uh, great show. I, uh, again, apologize for you not being able to get on there live with the questions. I mean, uh, technology, you would think, would be a little better for us, but unfortunately, sometimes things pop up. Uh, I will remind everybody that with the time change here in Arizona, all of our shows will be 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time from this point forward. So how's that? How's that? We got it, right? We're 7.30 p.m. Yeah, okay. Mountain Time. 
or as Paul likes to say, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, right. And we're good to go. So tomorrow night, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Uh, got a great guest. We got uh, Chris Perry, the commissioner of the uh, Western Collegiate Hockey League, coming on with us. And then Sunday night, the debut of College Hockey Southwest Live, where Paul and I will, uh, will take you through uh, the NCAA and the uh, four teams that we cover with Arizona State, Denver University, Colorado College, and Air Force. Two of those, Paul, are ranked in the preseason poll. Do you want to tell yeah, us who we, they are? Well, Denver's at five, and ASU is at 15. Uh, we did not really get a chance to go into that tonight. We will either do it on Sunday or next Monday. Uh, excuse me, next, Tuesday. next Tuesday, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll get into the polls. There are five Big Ten teams listed yeah. in the poll. A sixth one got votes. Yes. So uh, ASU's 28-game <laughs> schedule, uh, shall we say, will not be a pushover. No. But right. I'll tell you what, every win you get is going to be a valuable one, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, North Dakota uh, is, is first. And uh, Minnesota Duluth is third. Denver is five. So the NCHC with five teams in the, uh, three teams in the top five. Top five. Yeah. So uh, that's you know, pretty solid. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Um, so, uh, like I said, we'll get to that either Sunday or next Tuesday. And uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. Have a good evening, folks. Thanks for tuning in with us. Thanks to Tanner Wilson uh, from the Texas Sports Review for joining us. Paul, thanks to you for uh, all your hard work as always. And we'll see you Sunday night on College Hockey Southwest Live, the debut. Good night.